Hello, everybody. Welcome to Soup Boys. My name is Onel Esqueda. And I'm Sal Esqueda. There may be other soup-related podcasts out there. But none of them have as much harmony as we do. Oh, that's what I was going to tell you to say. <laughs> I figured you would. So if you guessed by our harmony reference or by the name of the podcast episode or by the title of the podcast episode, today we're going to be talking about pozole, one of the, in my opinion, top three Mexico soups. What are the other two? Birria and... Mm, it's either going to be menudo or caldo de res because I kind of consider menudo to be right like super close cousins to pozole. Oh no, we talked about caldo de res last week, huh? Yeah, we did. So we definitely cannot talk about albondigas next week. Also, no wait, not not caldo de res. I meant caldo de pollo. Oh, caldo de pollo. Yeah, because apparently caldo de res isn't isn't Mexican. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, you're right. It's Guatemalan. It turned out. It turned out. But I mean, we have the Mexican version of it. Which doesn't have the So I'm going to change my answer. It's menudo, pozole. You know what? It's pozole, birria, and albondigas. Yes. I was going to say albondigas. I was going to, like, maybe suggest albondigas for this week. But we'll save for another time because we got to get out of Latin America next week at least. We can do, how about we do goulash next week? I don't know what the hell that is. It's some Russian shit. <laughs> it's some I, Russian stuff. In my opinion, like, I, I've always heard, it, like, a goulash has always just been called when you just throw a bunch of, like, stuff, random stuff together and make it into a dish. But it might be, like, it might just be, like, a racist reference to the actual, like, dish goulash, which might just be very similar to throwing a bunch of random shit together and making a dish. I mean, that sounds like chili. Um, But we're not talking about chili. We're not talking about goulash. We're talking about pozole. One of my, uh, probably my, also, I prefer menudo. Is I last week's menudo. episode up yet? Um, it's gonna be up by tonight. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm finishing up editing, uh, Soup Boys right now. Yeah, apologies on the late release. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, all eleven of you. <laughs> all eleven of you. <laughs> Our fine soup information. So, what do you what do you know about pozole? Did you Other read than the that research it was a soup? Before the research that I did, I knew it was a damn tasty soup. That you I knew it had hummus. What's up? That that you like and I don't that much. Yeah, I know it's a damn tasty soup. <coughs> I know it was pork. I know it has hominy in it, and I like the red uh, pozole. That's what I know. <coughs> you know, <coughs> interesting thing about the hominy. Did you read what the hominy actually is? Corn. It's corn, but yeah, <coughs> it's corn after it's been <laughs> soaked in the alkaline solution. That we talked about way back in the tortilla soup episode. So that's actually the when you soak the corn kernels to make tortillas in the alkaline solution to make them soft. If you forego the grinding process, what you result with is the hominy. So that's the that's the puffed up like soaked corn before they grind it and mix it with more water to make tortillas. That is wild. I did not even read that. Is what the hominy is. Yeah, yeah. You didn't. It actually. It doesn't. It did. It doesn't say that in any of the research. It was just. I mean, in any of the research I did, you probably saw some of the same articles. It just says that like the hominy is corn soaked in an alkaline solution, like dried corn soaked in an alkaline solution to soften it up. And then I rem- mm-hmm. I already remembered like oh shit that's what you do right before you grind it and add water to make tortillas. Ah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's the same. You you can use those same corn kernels to make um. To make fresh tortillas. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I probably wouldn't, but you could. That's why they kind of taste like tortillas, you know? That makes sense. Mm-hmm, that makes mm-hmm. sense. So, Did um, you read about the human flesh? Yeah, I was about to bring that up. I was going to talk about pozole was mentioned in the Florentine Codex by Bernardino de Saguagun. 
since maize was sacred was a sacred plant for the Aztecs and other inhabitants of Mesoamerica, pozole was made to be consumed on special occasion. The conjunction of maize, uh, usually whole hominy kernels, and meat in a single dish is of particular interest to scholars because the ancient Americans believe the gods made humans out of masa, oh. which I thought was a very was very was very interesting. So, uh, according to research by the Instituto Nacional de Antropología e Historia and uh, Universidad Nacional Autónoma de México, on these special occasions, the meat used in the pozole was humans. After the prisoners were killed by having their hearts torn out, out in a ritual sacrifice, the rest of their body was chopped and cooked with maize, and the resulting meal was shared among the whole community as an act of religious communi- communion. After and you the got conquest, the pozole. And you got and you got the pozole. After the conquest, when cannibalism was banned, pork became the staple meat, as it tasted "quote unquote" very similar to human flesh, according you know, to Bernardino de Sahagún, who was also probably a wild asshole. Yeah, yeah, most likely, most likely. You know, this um, this reminds me of that one phrase where you remember, like when we were talking about um about birria, mm-hmm. that um you could call like a messed up situation a birria. Es todo una birria. Yeah, I feel like like now, like I feel I don't know how the phrase wasn't coined that you could just call like a really like bloody, like biologically fu- messed up situation a pozole. <laughs> all right. Like damn, dude. After that shooting, it was a pozole. It was a pozole all over the for, place. There was pozole for everywhere. Todo un pozole. Una pozolera. Una pozoleada. Yeah, that guy brought the Tommy gun, and might as well call it the pozolera. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we're getting a little too dark now. Mm, not, not dark quite. soup putting a little black garlic in the pozole <laughs> would you put black garlic in your pozole um i would put black garlic oil on it just to be fancy yeah what does black garlic do to food exactly or what is the flavor just, of it it just tastes delicious it just tastes delicious fair enough have you ever had roasted garlic you know yeah. when you get roasted garlic and it's like soft and sweet yeah so black garlic is basically roasted garlic but you roast it for a long time like weeks and it turns black, but it's like so. It's like imagine it's like extra sweet and soft, uh, and so, and it's like it's like it's a little bit more because it's cooked at a at not as lo- as high of a temperature. It's a little bit more firm, but it's still spreadable. You know, like the yeah. cloves still spread like a paste, but they're not like they don't dissolve as easily. So yeah, I'd put a little black garlic paste on like and it and it tastes like garlic. You know, it just tastes like garlic, and also it's black, which is cool. Which is cool, yeah. Black stuff. Which is, is cool. cool. It's hard to get black things that taste good. You know, usually when something like turns pitch black like that, it's because you burnt it. Uh, so squidding's pretty good. But exactly. I guess you, squidding but you is another example. It. That's why squidding is cool too, because it's black. Because it's one of those things that you can use. That's like you. It's it's one of those things that gives you the color black, that like actually tastes good too. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Black is a rare color in food. Black so, and blue. I was about to say blue, also. Mm-hmm. If you can get something blue, that's hard to do. Yeah. Well, blue is really difficult to to just even find in nature, let alone. Yeah, yeah, in nature, ancient painters, like the the original painters, like uh, finding anything that could make the color blue was like was really treasured and um and coveted. You know. Mm-hmm. You blue can tell any purple. kind of yeah blue dyes. Well, you use blue to make purple. Mm-hmm. Blue dyes were very valuable. But then speaking of speaking of colors, pozole also comes in many different colors. Well, three specifically. Yeah. Which are coincidentally the same colors as the Mexican flag. Mm-hmm. 
We got I, mean, I don't and, know if that's on purpose or just because red and green are some of the easiest colors to get when you're making food. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, you go, what were you saying, Manny? I was going to say it's red, white, and green. Mm-hmm, red, white, and green. Or green, white, and red, depending on how you're looking at the flag. I don't know. <laughs> from or the if stick, you're Japanese, from, you know, you might be a Japanese person re- looking at the flag. <laughs> from, this, from the stick, it's green, white, and red. <laughs> from the pole. And then, yeah, and then if you're used to reading from the opposite direction... Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> it's red, white, and green. It's, uh, it's red, white, and green. Yeah, yeah. Then anyway. make it Italian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except that it has a big eagle. Oh yeah, it does have a big ass it, eagle. It has. It has. It does have a big ass eagle murking a snake on top of a <laughs> cactus right in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, so the the color of the pozole, like the pozoles, are all pretty much the same, except it's just the the seasoning that alters its color. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It look, yeah, it looks like the white pozole is just like the plain version with like. Yeah, they didn't put any like uh, they didn't put any of the um, the, the paste. spices in it or the paste. Yeah, it's just like salt and pepper season kind of. Yeah. Exactly. And corn, and I guess I guess with that you can probably add your own salsa to it. You know, like I think that's that the one, I think it. that's how Sergio likes it. I think Sergio likes it without any paste. Sergio, our mother's uh, husband. Yeah, I think he yeah, likes yeah. it like with the pa- without the paste. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I know his menudo yeah, yeah. is white. His menudo is white. I mean, so his pozole is probably white too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, yeah, the menudo also comes in. Uh, menudo is also like a similar dish, and but only it doesn't have hominy, right? It has hominy. It does have hominy. Okay, so instead of having meat, it has the stomach. Yeah, exactly. Tripe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Menudo, yeah, which is has, which it has, which is almost the same thing as pozole, but except it has a cow stomach, and it even also comes in the three different colors. Yeah. I, I I'm pretty sure it's cooked exactly the same way, except it's like yeah. um, just with. So we can talk about that and just get it out of the way this episode too now. Okay, we can do that. We can add both. Yeah. Um. So, do you like either of those two soups, Al? Because you said you don't like pozole. You know, I I I don't like I don't like menudo that much because I'm not a big fan of the of the of the cow tripe. Uh, pozole. You know what? I I mean, I've had both. And I can eat both, you know, they're just like, I, I never got that excited about either one of these soups, you know, and I've been able to eat both of them. Why do you think that? Why do you think you were never able to get excited? You know, I I just don't think it's like, I, I feel, I, I, I don't, I hate to down talk a soup in an episode that's supposed to like uplift soup and be about soup, but I know you love this soup. Mm-hmm. So I figured we might as well. But I don't know. To me, it was just not that exciting of a dish, you know. Like, and I didn't like hominy growing up. Now I now I can mess with some hominy. Now I do like hominy. I like mm-hmm. the texture of it. And then um and then it's just it's just like a very it's like chicken soup but with pork in it. You know, it's just not a super exciting soup to me. I feel like it's just very much like like broth with pork and corn floating around in it. Mm, I mean, you're not wrong. You know, yeah, it's like, and I've noticed that like anything, any of my foods can, any of the foods that I love can be described in an unexciting way too, you know? Like I was talking to someone about tamales the other day, to someone that doesn't like tamales that much. And you, as you know, I sell tamales in case, a little recap for anybody that doesn't, it's not on the, on the, on the up and up with the soup boys and all our, all our going ons. (laughs) All our adventures. (laughs) All our adventures outside of podcasting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I sell tamales and he was saying, he's like, yeah, you know, it's just like, dry meat with corn wrapped around it or it's like it's like it's like some it's like a stuffing with some corn wrapped around it and i'm like yeah i guess like i mean you're not wrong you know it is a stuffing with corn wrapped around it <laughs> yeah you, i can't like if you, I, you're not wrong it's just you're being kind of boring about it <laughs> you're being kind of boring about it. you know if you can't get excited about it then that's that's okay that's that's 
if you if you can't get excited about it, it's hard to describe it in an exciting way, right? Yeah, exactly. But I mean, I feel like I'm pretty excited about Pozole right now. You're excited for it? I mean, I'm excited to talk about it, you know. And we don't need to go into the negatives of Pozole because it it's 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 also as I found out, like in an interesting way, it's an ancient recipe. So maybe. It's not that complicated, but this recipe does go back all the way to the days of the Aztecs, you know, as yeah. we were, as we previously mentioned, people made it out of human flesh. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is some, this is some Mesoamerican recipe. stuff right here, dude. Yeah, yeah, this is an ancient cannibal folk recipe that's been passed on through generations and is still a popular and like iconic dish in the Mexican uh, lexicon of foods, which mm-hmm. I think is really exciting and interesting. No, it's super impressive. Like I didn't know it was that old either, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I did. Yeah, exactly. We found out that a lot of these soups go back, go back very, very long in history. Like, I mean, I knew I realized the new it was old. Right. But I didn't realize it was like Mesoamerican old, you know? Yeah. And then I guess in the end, it should be kind of obvious because like, like I said, the, the link back to the hominy, you know, I think like anything that has that like that like dried corn with the with the, that reconstituted dried corn. Mm-hmm. I guess that's that's probably very very um very telling of a Mesoamerican trait in food and cooking. Yeah, that's true. So the name pozole comes from the Nahuatl word pozoli, uh, which means frothy, similar to the form the white corn takes when it's boiled. Pozole. Oh, pozole yeah, I thought you said it actually meant maize. It's it's it's, it's debated between two people. Um, ah. Well, pozole doesn't mean maize. Um, let me see. Also, just on a side note, there's also some scholars say that uh, that pozole would also be prepared with the with the flesh of the choloscuintle, the popular yeah, Aztec dog. One, you know? yeah. yeah. So right here it says, uh, as as with many Mexican food stuff, the name pozole originates from Nahuatl, uh, pozole, pozoli, or pasole, which uh. some and some claim it means hominy, and others say it means frothy. So there's like these two um, ideas of what it could mean. So it's, mm-hmm. it's not really known. And like you said, some people said it was human flesh and some people said it was Cholos Quinkles, uh, both of which, you know, were, were sacred as well to the to the Mesoamericans. You know, and I think it's possible to probably assume that it could have been both. It could have been both. Yeah, exactly. You know, sometimes you use human flesh. Sometimes you use Cholos Quinkles. Yeah. But you did, always did we mention use... that after it was outlawed by the spat that the reason that they stopped making it was because of Spanish conquistadors. It wasn't the Aztecs that decided not to. Not yeah, to exactly. Do it. it was Spanish conquistadors who was like, "Ew." Yeah, yeah, they were like, "Ew." Ew. Yeah, let's so use pork like, instead. It tastes most like human flesh. And you know what? I'm gonna make an argument for the Aztecs here. Like, sure, like they um they came in and like, oh, it's so savage that you're eating these um, you're sacrificing people and um and eating their uh eating their flesh. But I mean, the fuck these fucking Europeans were also fucking just killing prisoners and and people for no fucking reason. You know, sorry, these <laughs> Europeans were let's let's erase that. So yeah, these Europeans were killing people and prisoners for no reason all the time. People got executed in public just as a form of entertainment. Mm-hmm, and what did they do with the bodies? Just throw them into a pile and let them rot in the sun. Yeah, yeah. So at least the know, Aztecs were eating them, and they thought they were like worshiping their gods by doing it. Yeah, I mean, and so did the Europeans. Did they? The Europeans also. I mean, the Europeans also did everything in the name of God. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. So, so yeah. The point I'm saying, like, every they were both killing people meaninglessly. Like, if you're if you're in that kind of like a savage world where you're just killing people, I think. Um, I do think that I would go to the, to the point where it's like, you know what, we should just eat these bodies because um, we got a lot of people and everyone's hungry and starvation is a thing. Might as well. 
and these things are yeah these things are just gonna rot in the sun like what you gotta go find a place to bury them and do all these work i mean if you got the stomach for it like chop those puppies up and feed them to the people <laughs> feed them up because it's meat you know it's nutrition. going 1984 in this bitch. yeah at that time you need to eat you need to eat <laughs> finding your next meal like like every day people woke up not knowing if they were going to survive the like if they were going to find their next meal you know mm-hmm. definitely it was a different time <laughs> so yeah so after the europeans decided to make um to make cannibalism illegal because they were like ill not ill to like torturing and murdering just ill to like actually like to eating the people that they tortured and murdered um they decided to use pork as they started using pigs to replace the human flesh because pigs are actually um, thought to be the most uh, flavor-wise, Sim- the closest. The most similar to, in flavor. Yes, the most similar in flavor and texture to human flesh. And yeah, hey, have you ever tucked? Have you ever gotten a cut of pork with the skin still on it, and you touch it? It's like, oh yes, I know you. You know. Hmm. I mean, I dissected a, a a pig in high school, so. Oh, and you touched its skin, right? Isn't it very similar to like? Doesn't it kind of feel like your skin? Yeah, it does. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about the colors too, by the way, of the pozole. We didn't. Do you want to distinguish what the three different ones are? I think you're familiar with uh, what makes different pozoles different colors, aren't you, Manny? Yeah, of course. Uh, I I love making red pozole. We got red, we got white, and we got green, and these all contain slight alterations to the base recipe. Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- we white said pos- white was the base. Yeah, already. white pozole doesn't include any red or green salsas. As you uh, so green pozole can include ingredients like tomatillo, cilantro, and jalapenos and stuff like that. And red pozole mm-hmm. usually relies more heavily on chiles like guajillo, anacho, or piquín. You know. I think you mean ancho, don't you? Ancho. What did I say? Anacho. <laughs> Anacho. Uh. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have some piquín peppers. Piquín peppers are actually very, very uh, southern Mexican. Mm-hmm. So what they do with the peppers is they get those three peppers I mentioned are usually dry and then they heat them up with a little bit of oil and then they make a a broth with it or they heat them up in water with onion and garlic and then they Mm -hmm. grind up that into a they grind that up into a paste pretty much Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they strain it and they grind it up again, you know. You know, that paste is very similar to the paste that you use to make um, a mole or to Mm -hmm. make birria. Yep. You just had a few different ingredients to or those, to make but... a lot of, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, like one of the, if you just say dried chilies, it could even be the same ingredients. But yeah, yeah. exactly. Like because, it, like with dried chilies, there's those the the ancho and the piquín and the and the guajillo. Those are very common. But there's like there's literally like hundreds of chilies. Yeah. And then every time, um, and then when you um when you dry a chili, it becomes another chili. Like its its body and its characteristics and flavor completely change. Yeah. So it's a very interesting, uh, it's a very interesting gritting the chilies and the dried chilies in Mexican cooking. Um, that's actually the that's actually the the key, the secret of the Mexican chi- kitchen too. The traditional Mexican kitchen is knowing how to knowing like all the profiles and how to work with all those uh, dried chilies. Mm-hmm. Those chilies um, are very you, important. Yeah. What do you use for your red pozole, Manny? How do you make your paste? Um, We're probably going to go into the recipe, but making the paste and the pozole, it's like, it's all pretty complicated. So let's just talk about your paste. How do you make it since you like to make pozole? I pretty much just follow an online ingredient, but it's usually like an onion, you know, oregano, cumin, bay leaves. Um, Let's see. And then the guajillo chiles. Yeah, guajillos. Which are the guajillos? What do those look like? Those are the long and red ones. 
Uh, ah, okay, okay. Um, they're like, they look kind of, yeah, they're like long and red, and they have a, a little curvy, a curvy stem, you know, when they're dry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, a yellow stem. Mm -hmm. So I mix all of those up together. Uh, so you just use guajillo? Yeah, pretty much. It depends what I can find. If I can find um, the other chilies, like uh, ancho or piquín. I like piquín. Piquín more than ancho, to be honest. Uh, or chile japonés. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Chile japonés is also good. Either those two. Uh, and then I, I just boil them up. I will first, I, I heat them up with a little bit of oil and then I get the garlic and the onion and the salt and the pepper and the bay leaf, etc. And I put them in some water to heat up for a while until they're, they're soft. And then I just, I take the, the bay leaves out and I blend that sucker. And then I put, I put that, that through a strainer and then I blend it again and I put it through another strainer. And then once I was going to ask if you strained it. Yeah, I strain it. I strain it. And then I blend it again and then I strain it one more time. And then it's pretty much you. You just have that paste, and then you just pour. I just dump that paste into into the soup. Into the broth. Yeah. Into the yeah, exactly. And that's pretty much it, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good for the paste. So, uh, if you were to ask me what pozole reminds me of, I would say it reminds me of a stinky house. It reminds me of a stinky house. Because when you make pozole, people, it just like it's some like that hominy and the pork cooking in the big pot, and it's always cooked in a giant aluminum pot. Mm -hmm. Called a pozolera. Can you guess why? And then your mom's all like, "Dónde está la pozolera?" <laughs> <laughs> it reminds you know. It's funny that you say it reminds you. Of and a then your mom house. hits you with it when you're bad, you know, over the head with an empty pozolera. Because <laughs> and then you gotta go to the house. Funny in Mexico, yeah. Because <laughs> no, just kidding. Our mom never hit us with a pozolera. Nah, that never happened. Mm -hmm. To us or anyone we know. So before, like, before you go telling your friends that, like, a Mexican said that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a stereotype. Um, what's it called? Uh, it's funny that you say it reminds you of a stinky house. It reminds me of a tasty smelling house. <laughs> it reminds me of a house I just want to. I just want to eat. <laughs> I just want to take this house in fleshlight form. Mm -hmm. But, um. Yeah, yeah, because when you make it, like it's gonna, it fills up the house with the with the scent of the pozole. Mm -hmm. I feel like menudo has a has has a history of being stinkier than pozole. Menudo is definitely stinkier than the pozole. Yeah, but I'm all about that funk, yo. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Don't open I mean, the like windows. The You're letting the funk I like, out. <laughs> I like the smell of a funky cheese. Mm, funky cheese. But yeah, Uh so pozole and menudo and birria these are all said like to be like um party time uh meals like you have them in christmas or easter or like uh, i bet you can New have them at a funeral too though at a funeral or at a family reunion like i remember having menudo or pozole at our family reunions a lot all the time yeah more than birria uh definitely oh yeah yeah i wish people made more birria yeah but usually they we had either pozole or menudo at our at our family events. Oh, hold up! There's an ambulance. Okay. Is that what ambulances sound like in Germany? Yeah, they're like meh 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 meh. <laughs> That's how they sound in Europe. We got some some fucking pussy ass ambulance noises. <laughs> I'm gonna have to cut that out now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, definitely more than uh, 
then birria i remember pozole and menudo being made and and i was always a fan of it sal was never a fan of it um for whatever reason uh i still like i'm not really i will destroy some pozole or some menudo mm-hmm, but i love that you love it you love that i love it why is that i always tell people that you love it why is that <laughs> Um, just because I can't say that I love it. So I'm just like, but, but I feel like someone should love it. So I'm just like, Hey, my brother loves it. My brother represents for both of us. <laughs> yeah. My brother represents for both of us. <laughs> like someone I'm, I'm directly very closely related to someone. I myself do not enjoy Pozole Menudo, but I'm very closely related to someone that does. If you want to talk about some with La Coche, we can talk about that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you do decide to eat Pozole or Menudo, how do you prepare yourself? Like what? Are, um, what mean, condiments do you, you add? I was just gonna have you to sit, tell the recipe because I've literally never. No, no, made no, a no, no, no. The um, the, what condiments do you put on your pozole or menudo? In mine, I told, I've ne- I never make it. No, like, do you put onions in it? Do you put cilantro in it? Do you, do you put a little bit? Of I mean, extra what sauce would I put? Is what you're asking me? Yeah. Ah. Uh, um, or do I guess you don't? I guess the answer is I don't, right? So don't, here's I what I put anything. on my pozole, you guys. <laughs> I was gonna have you do the recipe this time because you already made it a bunch of times, so I didn't even like I, I didn't even bother researching a recipe. That's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> you know it you know, by heart. But when I'm talking about like um, when the you get your bowl right, you have your condiments uh-huh. on the side. What condiments do you put in it for? Yeah. Oh, oh, you mean like yeah, yeah. It comes on. It comes on the side with the same condiments that like a lot of uh, Mexican dishes come. With. You get like the you get like some cilantro and ch- onions chopped up, mm-hmm. and then sometimes you get that like you get like like those dried crushed chilies too, and some like red salsa, you know, or some kind of a spicy salsa too, mm-hmm. that you get to mix in and limes, of course. And you know, I also read I read in um I read in a research that it said that it's traditionally also served with tosta- tostadas and crema. Yeah, I've, I've never put crema. Tostadas, on, never seen crema. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of different people make pozole from a, in a lot of different houses and a lot of different families too. You know, like hanging out at friends' houses too. I've seen other, not just our family. You know, other people's families make pozole, and I've never seen crema ever. Never in my life have I seen crema. Mm-hmm. So whoever wrote that, I don't know where you got that. I think you just you just assume everything is served. You probably like have gone to a Mexican food place where everything is just served with crema, and you're just assuming now. Yeah, I've seen uh, usually like what you said. It's onions, uh, cilantro, oregano, uh, radishes, uh, dried chilies. Sometimes some cabbage, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, and lime, the cabbage and, and lime. That's usually what's what's around, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are the fixings. Yeah, those are the usual fixings. <laughs> what are your those fixings? Are, yeah, yeah, those are the. Those are what um. What oyster crackers and cheese and spaghetti are to Cincinnati chili <laughs> and onions. Man, I could go for some Cincinnati chili. Cincinnati chili. I got to Google that. What does it look like? Cincinnati chili is the same. It looks like chili, but it's just meat based. But it has like a more like it has like kind of like a cinnamony. I've had Cincinnati like, chili. That, it's a, it sucks. It. No, I like that style chili. I hate Cincinnati chili. But I, I'm not going to say spaghetti. I hate I'm being I'm being extra aggressive because you said you like it. Um, <laughs> I am. I'm not a fan of Cincinnati chili. Let's put it like that. They put it on spaghetti. Yeah, I know. I I had it when I went to Cincinnati. Oh really? And you didn't like it? And I was like, it's I. I mean, yeah, but you didn't hate it, right? You didn't think it was gross. No, I didn't think it was gross, but it takes a lot for me to think something's gross. You, know you wouldn't I mean? crave it though. You wouldn't like. You wouldn't be like, I want to get some Cincinnati. Never chili. in Did my you life. Have it on spaghetti. Yeah, I had it with spaghetti. <laughs> 
How, how many? What did you have on it? Did it have cheese? It had cheese, yeah. It had, it had onions? It had onions, yeah. It was Cincinnati chili from one of the original Cincinnati chili spots in Cincinnati. <laughs> what was your problem with it? It just, I didn't like it. It wasn't that good. It was sweet. I don't like sweet chili. It was too sweet? Mm, even a little bit sweet, I'm not interested. I, oh, okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. Well, yeah, I guess if you don't like it, even a little bit sweet. Yeah, yeah, like I liked it. I, I liked it. The one I had wasn't super sweet, but it was very. It was the the cinnamon was very present. You know, like that kind of, like there was like cinnamon or clove in it. Like it those looks kind of spices, which great. is very present. Cincinnati chili looks like it's gonna be delicious. I'll give it that. But when I eat it, I'm like, this doesn't taste like what I think chili is. <laughs> I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the spices in it. I thought mm. the spices. Maybe you just didn't like the spices in it. Yeah, because the spices are very present. It's not so much sweet. It's just got those spite, those like Christmas spices in it. Yeah, it definitely has that, Christmas spices that translate as sweetness. And I usually hate those too. Like you know me, I usually hate those spices, but I really like them in a Cincinnati chili. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It it's just it's not my cup of cup of chili yeah not my cup of chili <laughs> all right well um why don't you give us your recipe then for the pozole all right so i i got a i just i just got a recipe here that looked pretty good and then i'm just gonna read it to you so you're gonna need three pounds of boneless pork leg two 25 ounce cans of hominy uh drained and rinse five anacho chilies <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> you called them on <laughs> You have to leave that in there. Yeah, right. Five ancho <laughs> chilies, five guajillo chilies, half a white onion, three arbol chilies. Um, those are optional. If you want to spice your broth, I recommend those are very it. Very spicy. Yes. I recommend it because I like the arbol, broth, arbol chilies. Uh, three cloves of garlic plus one head of garlic, one tablespoon of oregano. Three bay leaves and three tablespoons of sea salt as needed. All right. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to cook the pork and broth. So you place the pork and a head of garlic and a few bay leaves and half an onion in a large pot and just cover it with water. Should be about six cups. And you bring that to a boil and and then you reduce the heat to a simmer. Cook 45 minutes. Uh, the pork is done when you can easily pull it apart with your fingers, which is what you will be doing once the pork is done. Uh, if the pork does not pull apart easily after 45 minutes, cook it for another 15. Uh, when the pork is cooked, you remove it from the cooking liquid, set it aside, and strain the broth into a bowl for later use. Once the pork is cool to the touch, shred it, shred it with your fingers into one-inch long pieces. And what do we call when we shred stuff in Spanish? ¿Cómo se llama? Um... um Desmenuzar. Ah, desmenuzar lo desmenuzas. Lo desmenuzas. <laughs> ¿Cómo se desmenuza? Sí, pendejo. Sí se desmenuza. A mano. <laughs> A mano, pendejo. <laughs> it's in Spanish, so I can curse. <laughs> so you tear this, you tear it up into one inch long pieces. If you're Mexican, you use your hands. If you're white, you can use two forks. You can also put on uh, some gloves, you know, if you want to be a little in between. <laughs> if you want to be in between. So preparing the chili base uh, is the fun part, in my opinion. You remove the stems and the seeds and the veins from all the chilies, and then you discard that stuff. You don't need it. You place the chilies, three cloves of garlic, half a white onion into a pot, and just cover it with water. Should be about three cups, but, you know, whatever. You bring it to a boil, turn off the heat, and allow the chilies to rest for 15 minutes to reconstitute them. Uh, you'll notice how the chilies will expand and become pliable from absorbing the water. You add the chilies, onions, garlic, oregano, and soaking liquid to your blender, and you blend for one minute until smooth. 
you do this in two batches. So after you blend it smooth, you're going to strain the blended chili base. You want to press a spoon firmly on the back so you can extract as much flavor as possible. And then you can discard the chili pulp remains or you can blend it one more time and strain it one more time if you like. I like to do that so I can just get as much uh, paste as possible. Yeah. Uh, heat about three tablespoons of oil over medium high heat and pour in the chili base. And this is called seasoning. It is, is, it's important to add a lot of flavor to your pozole. You simmer that for about 30 minutes until the base has thickened into a darker color. And it's going to look like a almost chocolatey or almost like it's like blood, I guess. Actually, it's like a really dark red color is what you're going to get after you season it in the oil a bit. Mm -hmm. So the next step is you're going to cook the hominy. You're going to drain the canned hominy and rinse it. Then you're going to put the rinse hominy in a large pot and cover with two inches of water and simmer. You can do this while you're preparing the pork and chili base. So after that, you just bring all the ingredients together, uh, add the chili base to the hominy, and then you add the pork broth and shredded pork, add three tablespoons of sea salt or however much you want, bring that to a boil, then reduce the heat and simmer for about 30 minutes. Add more salt as necessary. There you go. Mm -hmm. When the pozole is ready to serve, it will take it. When the pozole is ready, it will have taken a beautiful deep red color. Uh, so if you don't want red pozole, you just don't do the chili paste. If you want white pozole, you just don't do the chili paste, you know, <laughs> and you yeah. have white pozole. I mean, you want green pozole, you Google that. Yeah, you can Google that on your own. Stop being so lazy, you lazy. Yeah, yeah. You know, in this, this recipe, I noticed it didn't mention the, did they have the part where you like roast the chilies before you constitute them or does it just, do you just throw the chilies in the broth and constitute them like that? This does not have that actually. So that's an important step in my opinion. I think it makes, yeah, that's it makes it taste done. better. It's not yeah, always done, but I think it tastes better if you do that. So before you go all the way to the beginning of this recipe, before you boil them, you put the chilies in a little bit of oil just to heat them up and uh, give them a little bit of, of color to them. Give a little bit of color to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then and also on a them. side note, um, keep a window open when you do this. Definitely keep a window open. You're going to especially you're gonna if you're doing the there. chile de arbol. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're doing the chile de arbol, you're going to want that window open. I have gone into violent fits of coughing, <laughs> like roasting like four of those little suckers. Yeah, dude. We used to work at a restaurant where we had to like make like roasting chile de arbol was part of the recipe. But the, the thing is, what the restaurant was in like a building that had like apartments in it, too. <laughs> and we had to we had to stop roasting the chili arbol because like the people in the in like three of the apartments like it would like the 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 fumes and everything would go into their apartments you know mm -hmm. and they would all be like coughing and their eyes would sting it would offend them yeah i mean granted this is enough we were roasting enough chili arbol to make like like enough sauce for like a busy restaurant for like three or four days at a time you know yeah that's this true. is a lot of chiles yeah that's true yeah, it's not gonna be that noxious at your house if you do with like just four three. Or five. But if you're not used to like the scent, then uh, you might have to. Oh, even if you are, but yeah, yeah. You, you keep the window. But I'm just saying, you're not gonna kill your neighbors with it. But you should keep a window open. Yeah, just for your own sake. And don't touch your eyes in private areas. Oh anytime yeah. Without washing your hands after um. After handling chilies. Yeah, definitely. I made that mistake with Icy Hot once. It was not a fun we time. We all have. Oh, but not with Icy Hot. Yeah, with chilies, yeah. <laughs> That's a different story. Yeah. But also with chilies. But I think Icy Hot sounds funnier. Mm-hmm, definitely. It, it's, it raises more eyebrows. 
My eyebrow is raised, but I think this I think this uh, this adventure is over. I think it is too. I hope you guys enjoyed our Pozole episode. If you want to get a hold of me, my name is Manny Grins on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and Twitch. And I'm Sakasal on Instagram, as well as Chef Sakasal on Instagram. And our podcast Instagram is Get Soup Boys, as well as our Twitter. If you want to email us, you can send an email to getsoupboys at gmail.com. And if you want to send us a voicemail, you can send us a voicemail at anchor.fm forward slash soupboys. We look forward to your soup-based messages. Mm-hmm. So, Sal, what's keeping you warm this week? What's keeping me warm this week? Um, what's keeping me warm this week is uh, the uh, the uh, the pipian enoki mushroom tacos at Chicano Soul Food in San Diego, California. Ooh, they are delicious, fam. Sounds lovely. Mm-hmm. Enoki mushrooms and pipian, brilliant. What's keeping you warm this week, Manny? It's almost like you forget every time. <laughs> I forget that you also require warmth. I also require warmth in this in this cold, cold world. But I don't. I just like to pause for dramatic effect. Do you, though? Because I always end up cutting <laughs> the dramatic effect. I didn't know you were doing it on purpose. I thought you were just being no, a jerk. No, 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 no. I thought you were I, a jerk. I, I, I do forget. <laughs> I'm a jerk. I'm sorry. Uh, what's keeping me warm this week? What's keeping me warm this week is that my cat... Uh, Captain has been extra friendly for some reason. I don't know why, but I appreciate it. Alright, everybody. Take it easy. Keep it real, and it's been emotional.